Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, here we go. It's time once again for another Pittsburgh Steeler matchup. This time it's week 15 on Monday Night Football against the Cincinnati Bengals. Hi friends, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me once again is my great friend KT Smith. Kevin, what is going on? Hey Brian, what's happening man? Ready to get rolling Monday night, let's go. Yeah, we've got to reverse this curse man. Yeah, yeah. I know. It feels like a while since we won a game. We, we took it. We started taking it for granted, right? <laughs> Absolutely. When you go 11 and 0, you feel like you're world beaters. And now you feel like the world is just beating you. And it's really weird because this is a team that has pretty much the same lineup as it did for the first 11 games, but it's just not doing the simple things, Kevin. What do you think the biggest problem with the Steelers offense is right now? I think that there, uh, there's an inability to sort of push the uh, defensive line off the ball and, and get the run game jump started. And that's combined with, or a factor of, in some instances, um, aggressive defensive fronts because, you know, they, the Steelers can't throw the ball down the field. So defenses don't feel, you know, scared about loading up the box, you know I mean? So there's an issue with the run game. There's an issue with the deep passing game. And all we've got right now is the short and intermediate passing game, which defenses are now figuring out how to take away. So, you know, it's time for our next move. You know what? You know what? Uh, I, I, I segue real quick. I'm watching a phenomenal series on Netflix called The Queen's Gambit. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh my god, it's so good. It's um, it's about yeah, it's it's fiction, but it's about a uh, a chess prodigy 
uh, and it's set in the 1960s and she's a young woman playing in this male dominated chess world. But long story short, I, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you think about chess and I'm not a chess player and, but it looks so compelling to me. And I just keep thinking the Steelers need, need a, a, another chess move on offense right now. You know, they need to be able to take the board back because right now defenses are controlling it. They figured out what we're doing. And, um, you know, I mean, I got some thoughts on, on what we might do, but uh, whatever we're doing, we need to do it Monday night because it's a great opportunity against a Bengals defense that's, you know, suspect to jumpstart the offense. I got to tell you, that is a fantastic analogy. I love it. Um, instead of searching for Bobby Fisher, we're searching for Vince Lombardi is basically <laughs> what we're doing here. So I, I really love that. Uh, you know what, Kevin? That's the thing. You brought up a few things that really sparked some things in my mind the first thing is the fact that they have caught up when i say they defenses have caught up to the short passing game leslie frazier the defensive coordinator for the buffalo bills told tony dungy hey we know what they're gonna do we're gonna be ready for it we are going to not let them do it that couldn't have been more apparent when ben roethlisberger threw that pass and it was taken back for a pick six at the end of the first half, it wasn't a surprise to them, Kevin, was it? No, I, I broke that play down in, in a piece that I wrote earlier this week. The Steelers went to a, a, a three-by-one bunch formation, and, you know, Buffalo played it single high. Like, single high is unheard of, in, you know, in the NFL against, against three-by-one. Um, you know, there's, they always play some kind of a combo coverage or, or they'll play, you know, cover six is a popular coverage or you get into some niche coverages like stress and things like that. No, man, they were they didn't fear the deep ball at all. And, and you know, sure enough, the Steelers ran two little quick outs at the sticks and they, and, you know, with a with a, a vertical route from the outside receiver that the corner, you know, and the safety took away easily. And, and those other guys, that slot corner and the linebacker just sat there right at the first down sticks, man. I mean, they were not going to be able to defend anything vertically. They weren't even trying or thinking about it. And, you know, Roethlisberger just missed inside a little bit. The funny thing is Buffalo knew exactly what the Steelers were going to run. But if you put the ball on the money, it's going to be a first down, you know. So I guess that's how they've been getting away with it a little bit is they basically been executing in spite of the fact that defenses are – you know, catching up to them. So they've left themselves really, really tiny margin for error. How hard is it to fix something like this, this late in the season? When I say this, the fact that a running game isn't working and all of a sudden the offense has gone stagnant. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not easy. You know, you, you are who you are. The stuff that you got up your sleeve doesn't tend to be an identity change. It tends to be tweaks, you know, like you save things for later on in the season. You know, you like, you put a red herring into your, playbook the week earlier because you want your next opponent to see something on film that they'll plan for and then you you know you do it a little bit differently when you actually play them or you change up your formations you know you change up your personnel groups you, you try to get a uh, do something with the way that you're moving your guys around that'll that'll get a good matchup against the other team very rarely do you say 13 weeks into the season you know all right now we're really going to run the ball now you know we haven't done it in in two months but we're really going to run the ball but as crazy as that sounds, I think they have to do that. I think they have to figure out a way not to be a dominant run team. They won't be. But they were a functional run team for six weeks. They, for the first six weeks of the season, they were averaging almost 130 yards rushing a game. That's a functional run game. And then uh, it went away. 
you know, and it's a, it's a big question as to whether or not they can get it back. It, getting it back is going to be a product of both running the ball better, being more physical up front, and then, of course, you know, being able to back defenses off by hitting some deep balls. How important is the element of surprise? It seems like the only thing that they're changing is maybe the personnel running the same plays, but with a different guy. So when you have Benny Snell Jr. running the same play that you had James Conner running, or Anthony McFarlane, and you're not really playing to these guys' strengths. You're just running a very vanilla offense. That's what I'm noticing. Do you feel like there is no surprise to this offense whatsoever and that it is vanilla? And I understand vanilla is actually a really good flavor. So let's just change that and say plain. <laughs> uh, yeah, plain a plain yogurt of an offense. The, the Leslie Frazier quote you referenced earlier made me cringe because when a defense coordinator says, says we know what they're going to do and then and he turns out to be right that's a problem it makes you think back to a few years ago when you know that that infamous chargers game in pittsburgh when you got the keenan allen matched up on john bostick situation right and keenan allen at the end of the game said we knew exactly what the coverage was going to be you know we knew we knew who we're going to get matched up on me as number three receiver to trips that's a problem obviously i mean I can't say that I've dug deep enough into, you know, the film to know exactly what the Steelers are trying to do offensively. But, you know, as far as the eye test goes, I think that you're right. You know, you think the Belichick, right, and his Belichickian ways, you know, like he always finds a way, or at least he did with Brady, to tweak what he was doing just enough to create an advantage. You know, whether it's, you know, last week he threw the ball 52 times and this week he's going to line up in, you know, 22 personnel and slam it at you. You know, he seems to either A, be able to identify the weakness of a defense and find a scheme to exploit that, or B, game plan in a way that the opposition is not necessarily prepared for. I mean, I remember way, remember way back, I don't remember what year it was, but like when Anthony Smith uh, ran his mouth about uh, he thought the Patriots were overrated or something like that. We're not 2007. Okay, to that right. Boy, did, did, they, did the Steelers torture that dude or what that, that day, man? They went right after him all game long because they, you know, they knew that, A, he had overstepped his bounds with that quote, but, B, that they could scheme him to weakness. And they got him isolated in coverage, and, you know, they tortured him that night. I'm not, it's unfair to pro- compare coaches to Belichick. He's kind of in a different league. But we need to, we need to tap into that spirit a little bit and, and be able to, you know, exploit a weakness on a defense to get things kickstarted again. Ben Roethlisberger has been criticized a lot in the last couple of weeks. The fact that they're saying that his arm might be dead. It doesn't seem dead to me. It seems like he's overthrowing guys. That doesn't seem like a dead arm to me. What are the problems that Ben Roethlisberger is having? Or is it just the fact that it's a scheme problem? One thing I noticed against Buffalo on his deep balls was that his mechanics were bad. He, you know, he's 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 a a big, strong dude who's gotten you know for his entire career he's gotten away with not having the greatest mechanics in the world. You know, he throws off of his back foot. He's a lot of upper body. Back in the day when the Steelers' offensive lines were bad, he was constantly throwing you know under duress, and you can't get yourself into great throwing position or position when when you got dudes in your face. But the interception he threw, not, not the pick six, but the second one, the one late in the fourth quarter, the deep ball to James Washington that he terribly underthrew. I mean, that was all arm. He didn't step into that throw at all. He just, you know, it was a short step and it was all upper body. And I think, you know, when you're younger, you can get away with that. But as your arm strength deteriorates a little bit, your mechanics have to be really sharp, you know. And then, you know, there's just another part of me that wonders, you know, how much time 
has did he has he really had to rep the whole route tree with all these young receivers? You know, he missed all of last year. He had no real preseason this year. And so how many reps, how many real, real practice reps has he had with Deontay Johnson? Has he had with Eric Ebron? Has he had with Claypool? You know, even James Washington, he only had, you know, kind of one year with. He just hasn't had reps with these guys. And I think that that's really coming to haunt us right now. You have Deontay Johnson, who had a case of the drops, and he's the most egregious. So he's the one who an example was made out of. Even though Eric Ebron, he came out for a couple of series, but not as mu- not as long as that of Deontay Johnson. Why did it take to be punished to come back and secure the ball much better with both of them because here's here's the thing we both have kids and you know whether it's taking the garbage out whether it's doing your chores doing your homework doing whatever why does it take having to be punished to finally have to do it it seemed like the same thing because Deontay Johnson knew he was in trouble because after the uh, Baltimore Ravens game Mike Tomlin was pointing in his direction even though he wasn't saying his name The next week after the Washington game, when the drops were even worse, Mike Tomlin had the official word saying that, hey, we are going to find receivers that can catch the ball if you don't catch the ball. And so finally, Mike Tomlin was forced to sit him down. He didn't want to because taking him out of the game really hurts the Steelers because he is their biggest playmaker. So why did it take so long for Deontay Johnson to get the message? Well, you know, I'm a government and politics teacher uh, that in my professional duties, uh, in addition to, to coaching. And we were actually just having this conversation today. In politics, the number one thing that motivates politicians to act is incentive. What's in it for me? You know, like, you know, we would love to say that they're motivated by principle or, or, you know, the right, doing the right thing for the country, blah, blah, blah. No, they're motivated by incentive. And I think the same thing is true for athletes you know like our our the guys on our high school team man i mean the number one thing that gets them refocused is putting their butt on the bench man playing time is the thing if you're an nfl player really the ultimate goal if you're if we're being honest about it is to get paid because it's your profession well you can't get paid when your butt's on the bench you know you're only getting paid if you're out there on the field producing so i think when mike tomlin sat deontay johnson down that was a huge wake-up call you know you can talk about it all you want just like you reference with your kids if i tell my son you know every night that he's going to get punished if he doesn't eat his dinner and every night he doesn't eat his dinner and i never punish him well what message have i sent you know so when tomlin finally sent the message that your production is not you know as it was to use a tomlinism above the line you know then he had to sit him down man and then that was now deontay johnson but getting back on the field and you know playing for his paycheck so I would encourage more of that, to be quite honest. It really made a difference. Do you think that Deontay Johnson has now seen the light? Because when he came back in, he was perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know what, though? He, he, the, the big drive that or the drive we had where we went down the field and scored and he was a big part of it. I mean, Buffalo also backed off into a softer zone then. I mean, they were up. What was it? 26, 23 to seven at that point. I mean, we were late in the third, early fourth quarter. They didn't want to give up any big plays over the top, and they and they backed off their coverage. So, um, you know, that he had a little more space to operate, uh, and he could catch the ball with a little more room and a little probably greater comfort level. So what I'm really interested to see is how's he going to perform again when he's up against another press coverage look, when he's got dudes in his face and, 
and he doesn't have that space to operate in that he's grown accustomed to. If he's catching the ball, you know, if his, if his catch rate is back up uh, in traffic like that, then I'll feel, feel more comfortable. Well, something has got to change and a new opponent in the Cincinnati Bengals, not a new opponent this year. This is the second time they faced them, but this is a really different Cincinnati Bengal team that you saw five weeks ago. Lots of changes. So we are going to talk more about this get right game and how things will change and what the Steelers need to do when we come back from this on the Steelers pregame show. Here we go. It's game time, my friends. We'll be back right after this. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Welcome back to Here We Go Steelers, the pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis with Kevin Smith, KT. It's good to have you here, and we are breaking down the Steelers and Bengals Part 2 in 2020. Two very different teams than the ones that met about five weeks ago, KT. So what I'm going to say here is you've got two teams that are really struggling on offense. The Steelers are really doing it on defense. That's what's keeping them alive right now. Cincinnati is not. So let's go ahead and take a look at the rankings first. As far as total yards go, on offense, both the Bengals and the Steelers are in the 20s. The Steelers are ranked 23rd, the Bengals 29th. As far as passing yards go, the Steelers are in the middle of the pack at number 16 with 246.5. Cincinnati at 23rd with 227. It seems like a lot of those happened, a lot of those yards happened in the Joe Burrow days. As far as rushing goes, two very bad rushing teams. Steelers ranked 31st at 89.1. At 92.3 are your Bengals, ranked 29th. Points, Steelers are doing much better. Haven't been as of late. They have uh, they've really plummeted recently. They were ranked 7th last week. They were ranked 12th this week at 26.8 points per game. The Bengals not putting up much many points at all. They are ranked 30th at 18.8. These offenses, both of them need to get better, KT. You, you know, you said it before we went to the break. You called it a get-right game. For the Steelers' offense, um, maybe this is wish, wishful thinking, but, I mean, this, is, this, this certainly feels like a good week to get right and figure some things out. And, you know, and they better, man, because uh, they've got, you know, Indianapolis, Cleveland, and then the playoffs. I mean, it gets, it gets real after this week. So I know Cincinnati is – better on defense they are, than they are on offense, but they're not great on defense in both uh, their 31st in, in uh, the giving up explosive run plays and 32nd dead last in giving up explosive pass plays. So the opportunity is there to make big plays. And if there's one thing that this offense needs right now, it's big playability. So our offense has the opportunity to, to get healthy this week, mentally anyway. And then, you know, Cincinnati, I mean, since, since Burrow got hurt, um, you know, and they're averaging 10 points a game and, and they haven't played exactly the, 
the upper echelon defenses over that stretch. So they're going to have a really hard time putting points on the board against the Steelers. So, you know, I mean, if we can't take care of business on Monday night, then we, we really do have big problems. Yes, we haven't been really talking about the Bengals a lot. The uh, Mike Tomlin press conference the other day, he barely talked about the Bengals. They are a mess on offense, like you mentioned. Now, Allen is, looks like he's going to be out for this game. Our uh, good friend, second-year man, Ryan Finley, is back for them. As far as defense goes, though, Cincinnati's not stopping anybody. They are ranked 22nd against the pass, and that is their highest ranking. And 22nd, as far as points go, they're giving up 26.0 points per game. As far as total yards, they're ranked 24th, giving up 382. And they're 28th in rushing defense at 131.7. The reason I bring up all of those, if you look at Pittsburgh, they can get right in the rushing category. They can really, look, it's not about changing your ranking. It's about changing the culture. But you think they can get some things together against this really paltry run defense, especially with the fact that Geno Atkins is now out. Yeah, you know, I want to know what's, what did they do all week? What, what did they practice all week? You know, when, when they put in the game plan, you know, teams put in their install early in the week and, and, you know, they tweak the game plan as the week goes. But for the most part, the ins, the, the initial install is the framework for what they intend to do in the game. And I mean, I, I would, I want to know how much was the run game emphasized in that framework, because if they didn't emphasize it, then, then it's, you know, we can look at all the numbers that we want, but it's just like fruitless to say, hey, we haven't had a run game in seven weeks. We're not emphasizing it in the game plan, but these guys are on a very good run defense. So, you know, Monday night, let's go out there and run the ball at them. I mean, it just, it just, that doesn't work, you know? So if the Steelers have made a decision as a staff, and we don't know if they have or have not, we'll find out Monday night. But if they've made a decision as a staff, that we got to run the ball better and they've emphasized it in practice all week. And Mike Tomlin did deliver a not so veiled message about the lack of physicality uh, that I think the guys up front on offense should pay very close attention to. So I know, you know, will we, will we see them say we're going to be physical up front and, and run the darn ball this week, come hell or high water, or is it going to be more of the same? You know, I don't, I don't know. You brought up a game from 2018. I want to go two weeks later where the Steelers really needed a win and they were playing the eventual eventual Super Bowl champions that year in the form of the New England Patriots. So the reason I bring that up is that was the Jalen Samuels game where they Samuels was in for James Conner and he ran wild on them. Can this be a James, excuse me, a Jalen Samuels game again? Yeah, I'm all for getting a look at Jalen Samuels, you know, and that and that was like it's interesting you brought that game up, too, because that was also a great example of the Steelers, you know, getting a little Belichick in on on Belichick. You know, they they put in some really interesting tweaks. They didn't change their schemes, but they changed the uh, window dressing on those schemes. For example, the Steelers have been running, you know, power gap uh, or counter gap, I should say, for years and years. You know, we've seen them kick out with the guard wrap around with the, you know, a tight end or an H back or whatever. They've run that play thousands of times, but they did it in that game against the Patriots with Samuels by tossing him the ball in one direction. And then he would plant and come back the other way, which is something I've never seen the Steelers run. They've never run it that particular way because what they understood was that Samuels is not a traditional between the tackles runner. And we've got to do, you know, 
creative things to find ways to get him the ball with a little bit more space. And it was incredibly effective. And like you said, yeah, that'll be remembered as the Jalen Samuels game. I mean, this could be a week where we see a little bit more of him. And I'll be really curious to see how he's used because he thrived under Matt Canada. Matt Canada was his offensive coordinator in college. And Jalen Samuels was great at his sophomore year at NC State under Canada. You know, Canada left after that, and he still had a successful college career, but that's when he was at his best. And I thought he looked pretty good uh, last week, you know, and he had 27 snaps. And and I thought he just had a little something different than the other backs. He's not, I'm not saying he's great. And I don't want Steeler fans to be like Jalen Samuels running the ball 25 times is not the answer. No, it's not. But figuring out a way to get him in the game plan, maybe, maybe using some of Matt Canada's ideas could be really interesting this week. Absolutely. And you might see that. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. They're looking fantastic. Their worst ranking is ranked sixth against the run, giving up 100.9 yards per game. As far as points, they're number one at 18.2. They're second against the pass and they are third with total yardage at 303.1. So it's going to be really tough for Cincinnati to score points against them. What does Cincinnati have to do to win this game? Is there a key for them? Well, um, since Burrow got hurt, they're minus seven in the turnover department. So if they turn the football over and they, you know, give the the, the Steelers short fields, I mean, that'll be a blessing for an offense that's been struggling to move the football. One of the biggest keys right there is they they can't turn the ball over. And then another key, I think, for Cincinnati is they're going to have to uh, figure out ways to uh, win first downs you know like whatever's in their game plan offensively for first down has got to be effective because if they get into second and longs an inexperienced court quarterback and a Steelers defense that's you know going to be able to tee off I mean Cincinnati's given up the second most sacks in the league only behind Philadelphia so that if they're facing a lot of second and nines man that's going to be bad news for whoever's playing quarterback for them so they got to figure out first downs who is the one player on the Cincinnati Bengals that you think the Pittsburgh Steelers should fear? Or in this game, is there anybody? I mean, I don't, I don't, there's nobody that the Steelers have to game plan for. You know, there's nobody that they have to say, all right, we have to take away, you know, this guy. I mean, I, I think their best football player is, is the safety Jesse Bates. I think he's a, he's a, a, a real nice player. Love him. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I really was uh, hoping the Steelers would be able to get him coming out of the draft. He was a guy who kind of popped, uh, in, you know, in college. And it's and it's actually surprising because, you know, they've got some athletic guys on defense. I mean, you know, I, I still think Von Bell's a really nice player. and But I'm just shocked that they've given up as many, like, explosive plays as they have. But anyway, to answer your question, I mean, if I'm Roethlisberger, I'm, you know, I'm keeping an eye on Jesse Bates. I might not challenge him, you know, a whole lot. You know, there's going there's to be some other opportunities uh, out there for the Steelers to take. But I don't think that there's really anybody. I mean, Mixon's not playing, Burrow's out. You know, it just, just I mean, I don't think there's anybody that makes them go, you know, hey, we got to make sure we take care of this. Of course. Now, Tyler Boyd is fantastic. But, you know, without a quarterback and playing against this team, it's going to be pretty tough for him. So I understand that as well. Let's talk about the Steelers. What's the one key to win this game? People who have, you know, been close observers of the Steelers or are around the site a lot are going to probably laugh when I say this, but I really would like to see him get off to a good start, you know, have a good drive, build some 
you know, good first drive, build some confidence, getting points on the first drive, I think would do wonders for the offense. I mean, how many times do we watch them go three and out or one first down and out on their first drive? You know what I really hope, man? I really hope Cincinnati gets the ball first. That's what I really hope. I really hope the Steelers kick off and then put the Steelers defense out there and get a quick three and out or get a, get a stop, make Cincinnati punt, maybe get the ball out around the 35 or 40 yard line, start the drive in decent field position, you know, and just, just make a couple first downs, man, kick a field goal, something, something that gives the offense just a little bit of a sense of confidence and momentum and rhythm. That's the thing about offense, man. You make first downs, you get into rhythm and people say all the time, what's that really mean? What that means is the offensive coordinator gets an idea about what's working. And then of course, once he knows what's working, he's got a pretty good idea about how the defense will adjust to take that away. So he can then go to his next step, which is the counter move for that. And you get into this, this rhythm about, you know, like, all right, we're running this, we're running this, we're running this, they're going to take it away. Now we're going to run this. Whereas man, when you're going three and out all the time, you're just looking at your damn play sheet, like uh, in searching. It's like, it's like looking at a menu you know, when you've already had a full meal and you're not hungry and you just can't decide, like, you know, what am I going to eat? So a little bit of confidence early on, I think, will do wonders uh, for the offense. I think that's great. Now, my last question, BTSC co-editor Jeff Hartman brought this up on Let's Ride, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. He feels that style points do matter for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. What do you think? <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, that's one of my all-time favorite quotes. Uh, style points don't matter. It would, you know, I, I don't know what we're going to define as style, but wouldn't it be nice to see the Steelers hit some stuff clean, you know, some some deep balls down the field, you know, just a, a, like a, a big punt return, Roethlisberger going, going 27 out of 36 for 300 yards. That would that would sure look good, man. That would That would indicate that things were clicking. So, yeah, I don't totally disagree with Jeff. You know, and I, when I think of style points, I think of a statement win. And that's really what they need. I think this needs to be a statement. I think they could make one this week. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Steelers to win this game. I'm not saying they're going to crush this team. I'm not going to go crazy with the points. I'm still going to go, say, 28 Steelers, 10 Bengals. Yeah, I mean, that's about where I am. I think I went 24-10 on the site. It's it's Steelers-Bengals. I mean, Cincinnati will play hard. But, they're, I mean, they're really outmanned right now. So, again, you know, it – if they score more than 14 points, I'll be very surprised. In the Mike Tomlin era, and this is something that was brought up on the Steeler preview show, Dave Schofield brought this up. It was a great trivia question. The most points the Bengals have ever scored in the Mike Tomlin era, 23. No way. Yeah. Do you believe that? Wow. wow. I mean, and how many games is that? 15? I mean, we've had a playoff game. Oh, wait, more than that. How many years About 30. head coach? About well, 30 games. Yeah, because yeah. he's been there since 2007. This is season number 14. Yeah, and we had a playoff game with him, I think, under Tomlin or no. Yeah, yeah, the Joey Porter game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. I love how we label these games, the Joey yeah. Porter game, and he's, not, and he's not even suited up. I love no, it. I still laugh when I think about that game, how, how badly he suckered Pac-Man Jones into doing something stupid, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the old professional wrestling uh, phrase, win if you can, lose if you must always cheat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, thanks so much. It has been a great time talking to you. We definitely need to get right. I really think the Steelers are going to get right. I think style points do matter. They need that statement. I think they're going to do it this week. 
Let's see if it happens. It's a Monday night football game. Anything could happen. Enjoy the game, my friend. You too, man. Let's go Steelers. All right, let's do it. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Here we go. It's the Steelers pregame show. It's game time. Grab that terrible towel. Let's get started. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.